listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, a lot to look at from both the NFL and the NBA today. How are you doing, man? Yeah, uh, I'm doing good. It seemed like we were going to have kind of a slow week here on Dudes Talking Sports, but yeah, two massive NFL stories dropped in our lap on Tuesday afternoon, and now we have a bunch to talk about. Yeah, now there's a lot to look at, starting with with the with that big news coming out on Tuesday, the first being Russell Wilson, or the biggest, I should say, being Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos. Tanner and I have some thoughts as far as who won the trade, and then we'll talk about the teams, both teams, Seahawks and Denver, moving forward. And then as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, staying in Green Bay, that was the first news of the day. Kind of seemed like that was going to be the only news that came out today, obviously. And then it was followed up, kind of trumped by the Russell Wilson trade. But Aaron, a little anticlimactic, but finally made his decision. We'll be staying in Green Bay for the foreseeable future. We'll, we'll break down whether or not that was the right move for Rodgers. And to wrap up here in the first half of the show, a little bit on the franchise tag deadline and the combine uh, that, was, that was just here recently. So some thoughts on that to wrap up the first half. And Tanner, some interesting stuff going on in the NBA. Sadly, starting with my Warriors, not so much in a, in a positive light <laughs> either. Yeah, even though we have massive storylines going on in the NFL, the NBA season is still being played. Someone might want to tell the Warriors they're not playing very well. Two and Ouch. eight in their last ten. Ouch. So we're going to talk about whether or not we are concerned over their title contention moving forward. And then to wrap up the show, it's the question that's been on pretty much all of America's mind all season watching this, this NBA season. Who's the biggest disappointment, the Lakers or the Nets? They're both pretty terrible, but who's worse? Yeah, they, uh, they, they stack up pretty close to each other, but I think one does have the edge over the other. We'll break that down to wrap up the show. Stick around for the entire thing. But Tanner, after about a year of speculation, Russell Wilson has been officially traded to a new team. Denver gave up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-rounder, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and a defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, uh, to get the Super Bowl-winning quarterback. What are your initial thoughts on this trade when, when you first saw it on Twitter or however you saw it? Initial thoughts, and do you think Denver gave up too much here? Yeah, my initial thoughts were confusion because I got a breaking alert for the Aaron Rodgers, and I didn't clear the notification. And then I got the breaking alert for the Russell Wilson trade, and I still thought it was the Aaron Rodgers breaking news because all I read is breaking news. I didn't realize we were going to get two huge stories on the same day. And I saw that they gave up a ton in this trade to get Russell Wilson. But 
if they think they're a quarterback away from making a Super Bowl run, you have to give up that type of compensation. I agree. I agree. I, I didn't think it was too much, um, but I also I'm didn't. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Unlimited coming to town. That video is priceless. If you guys don't know, just look up Mr. Unlimited and, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about here soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, this is a guy that, that a lot of people regard, at least before this season, thought of as a top five quarterback in the league, at the very least a top seven, top 10 quarterback at this point in time today, despite the offseason. So it does make sense if you're one guy away, he plays the position you're looking for. He's known to have a pretty positive track record. Again, didn't have the greatest season last year in 14 games. He was injured. Yeah, injured exactly. He missed about three games, and when he came, when he came back, it was obvious he was not a hundred percent. Like he was not ready to play whatsoever. But twenty-five touchdowns, six interceptions, a solid ratio there. Thirty-one hundred yards and fourteen games played. They did go seven and ten. But again, I, I don't think I have too much to take away from last season's stats. That was last season. He was injured. The team was down in general, right? So I don't think that that is necessarily the best he can be or who he is at this point in time. I do think that there is still room for him, room to, room to improve in comparison to last season. Uh, and, and he's joining a 7-10 and 10 Broncos team from last year, Tanner, that has all sorts of offensive weapons and a top I mean, 5 to 10, I say a top, a top 10 defense, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's getting weapons, but he's also leaving weapons. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is a pretty good receiver tandem to have. I think it's more balanced in Denver, though, because he's got a couple of nice receivers. He's got the couple nice running backs. Obviously, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and then you still have Sutton, Patrick. Yeah, O-line definitely is definitely better in comparison to what he had going on in Seattle. That was one of the biggest reasons he was saying last year, hey, I want out or I want to go to a new team or I want to, I want you guys to take me more serious, obviously. He wants more say is because he was the most sacked quarterback in, in all of football, right? And it wasn't even close. So take, that definitely takes some time off of a guy's career he wants to get hit you know as, as less as possible right and this move makes sense he's, he's he's inheriting a lot of weapons uh nice run game nice line nice receivers a top 10 defense from last year and you add russell wilson to the mix like yeah, yeah they were able to go seven and ten with teddy bridgewater and drew lock <laughs> exactly russell imagine wilson. how much of an upgrade <laughs> Yeah, Russell Wilson is definitely going to improve this team a bunch. I think this is a playoff team. I don't think they're a title contending team, but I think they're a playoff team now. Again, it's it's tough. I don't want to jump right and say you know overreact. You know, you know overreact to the information we're getting right now. Um, but I, I definitely think this makes them a playoff contender. And in the AFC, it's pretty wide. Not say it's pre, it is pretty wide open, but there are a lot of good teams. I think they can compete. With next to any, we'll see how they all fit. We'll see how Russell comes back and everything, right? But looking at the roster, looking at who they're getting in return, I think this this team can compete with next to anybody in the AFC. We just saw the Cincinnati Bengals win the AFC. I don't see why Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, again, a little bit of an initial you know, early reaction here, but I don't see why this team couldn't be a Super Bowl contending team looking at all the pieces they had and what they're getting in return. I, I buy it. Uh, I have to see it. I can't see this team being a AFC favorite, but I think this is going to be a playoff team. 
Yeah, definitely a playoff. Um, I th- do you think it's similar to Brady going to Tampa or any comparisons really. there, you think? Not really. I feel like, I mean, I feel like he has more similarities to Denver. I mean, to Stafford going to LA. That equated, they both, both I mean, equated in Super Bowl wins. Yeah. <laughs> they did both. I mean, I, that, I feel like that's what the Broncos are doing. They're trying to follow the Bucks and Rams trend of going out, getting a big quarterback in the offseason and riding that to a Super Bowl. I like it, dude. I like this move a lot for them. And on the, oh, on the yeah, flip me. side, for Seattle, on the flip side, I think you got back a pretty good return for your franchise player. I think you got a yeah. decent amount back. Yeah. Uh, Seattle hasn't been the best drafting team over the last few years. That's the concern. <laughs> what are they going to do with them? But <laughs> but they did get picks, and they announced they're releasing Bobby Wagner. So it seems like they're going to go full rebuild. I heard there was a possibility that they're interested in moving DK as well for picks. I think this team wants to go absolute full rebuild and just – I mean, why not? Yeah. It, the days of that Legion of Boom Seahawks days. This is a long over. Those, yeah. are, those are long gone. And, again, yeah. with what they've had recently – I don't think it's that bad of an idea for, for Seattle to take it into a different direction. Like, hey, we've yeah. had you in your prime. We have, we have you two stud receivers. The defense hasn't been great. The offensive line definitely hasn't been great. But, you know, you've kind of seen how good you can be with the players you have right now. It's a borderline playoff team and then maybe a first-run exit after that. So why not go out there and try and reboot at the quarterback spot and reboot your roster overall? I like I like this direction. You know, I I am not a fan of just you know staying mediocre and the best that you can be is still middle to bottom tier. I I don't see a lot of point in that. So I I am all for the rebuild. Try and at least build your team for better because you know what you have right now surely isn't good enough, right? So, but your concern is valid because what are they going to use the picks on? It's nice that they have all these picks in return, but. Are they going to make the right decision? I think they got the Denver's Denver's ninth, ninth overall pick in this year's draft. So that gives them a very nice starting piece as Which well as their own pick. still lower than what they would have picked, right? Well, no, they, if they didn't trade, they their, traded pick. their pick. Exactly, right? So Because the Jets have their pick, I'm pretty sure, for Jamal Adams. Yeah, they definitely traded a, a couple of firsts, I believe they traded for Jamal Adams. At least one. Um, I so, think this year one of those not at least so they at least don't have their own go get go get a first round pick a top 10 pick at that we'll see how many quarterbacks are available at number nine there are probably going to be a few out there again how much do you love the guy you could select that's another question but there could be an option to select a quarterback at number nine we'll see who drops there i don't think drew lock will be the day one starter <laughs> okay if anything happens i, I think know. they i think they'll go get more of like a, a an older you know more of a I mean, he, he he's a bit of a bridge quarterback as well, kind of bridging you to the next guy. But I just kind of doubt that Drew Locks is going to be a day one starter in Seattle right now, you know? Yeah, and the only way I could see it is if he's there and you draft a rookie and the rookie starts by, like, week three. He's just not quite ready for week one or something like that. You don't want to throw him to the wolves right away. So I think that makes sense. You got you got at least a quarterback in return. You got plenty of uh, plenty of picks to go out there and try and reboot your reboot your franchise. The whole releasing Bobby Wagner thing. I know he hasn't lived up to the contract or expectation, 
but releasing a player like that, not even you can't get anything via trade is kind of my thought process there, you know? Yeah, I guess no one wants to take on his contract at his age, but I can't imagine you can't work something out not to release him. That was a little surprising, and to your point, it probably seems like they are going full reboot mode if they're releasing one of their better players, at least defensively, one of the better players on the roster, at least one of the more well-known guys. Russell's gone. We're going in reboot mode. We'll probably see one of the receivers or something get moved here soon as well. they got to rebuild that offensive line. They obviously got to get that quarterback spot right, and then defensively, Pick a spot. They probably need to get better at that spot, at that spot as well. Yeah, so for sure. uh, there's a lot of work to be All done, hopefully. Them. Yeah, so we'll see what they end up doing. That's been their issue. But let me ask you this before, before we move on and talk about Aaron Rodgers. So he left what a lot of people consider to be the best division in football, the NFC West. Okay. He goes to the AFC West now. Now he's playing with the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders. Now throw him in there, Russell on the Broncos. Are they one of the best divisions now in football? Are they taking over as the best division? What are your thoughts on this? I think they're definitely one of the best. I don't know if they're the best. I think the AFC North is up there. And I still think the NFC West, even with the Seahawks being bad, is still up there. Still three good teams in that division. Raiders and Chargers, but obviously the – Chiefs are really good, so that helps the grand total. And but in the NFC West, you have the Rams who just won the Super Bowl. So right. the 49ers who just went to the championship. And then obviously Arizona was the best team in football through half the season. We know what they're capable of doing. So yeah, I, I, it does make sense. I think that they are one of the top. If they weren't before, uh, they're even more so now. One of the best divisions in football, because um, yeah, Herbert, you got Carr. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's turning into one of the worst divisions in in all of football. Looking at. They, that takes the cake over the NFC least, I think. Uh, that definitely takes the cake because both the both the Eagles and the Cowboys made the playoffs. Yeah, that's two, that's two playoff teams right there. Yeah, I would say this year, I think the NFC South would probably be worse than any of them. Hey, that helps your case. Okay, yeah. not <laughs> that definitely helps a a rebuilding or win now yet rebuilding in in a way. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at least in one spot, they're trying to get back. Ali Marpet. I don't think we talked about that. That is. A blow. That's, that's big. Yeah, that's big. Not getting Rogers is huge. Not getting Russell. Russell. <laughs> hey, Jameis uh, is we, still out there. We didn't get Chris Godwin signed to a long-term deal, so we had to franchise tag him, which means we're probably going to lose Carlton Davis. It's big sad. It is uh... the end of a little two-year <laughs> era here. That that two back years to, though. Back to just. <laughs> Years and years of mediocrity. Hey, you know. Not that I'm sad or anything. Yeah, not that you're sad or anything. Back to those, uh, you, know, you wish it was back to those Brad, Brad Johnson days. At least they won a Super Bowl back then as well. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all that's going on as far as those two teams go. I like it. Uh, but looking again at the AFC West, Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, Wilson, as far as quarterbacks, quarterback goes, that's probably the best division as far as the quarterbacks that play in that division. Yeah, I, think. I, I would definitely say that's the best quarterback division. 
it's pretty cool. Uh, he's he's leaving a great conference or a great division for another great division. Okay, he's he's no, uh, he uh, won't be definitely, surprised definitely by anything. Not scared of competition. Yeah, you know he, he was. Especially unlimited. That is Mr. Unlimited. That's exactly it. What uh, what else can we say? Let's leave it at that and move on to Aaron Rodgers. Enough about Mr. Unlimited there. Go watch that video if you haven't seen it yet. Aaron, though. Okay, Tanner. It was a little anticlimactic because we've been waiting for this decision for a while now. That was just kind of out of the blue this morning. Oh, hey, I'm going to stay with Green Bay. Basically, all, all, all that was to it, right? So, it, it was a little surprising because I was leaning either retirement or a new team based off what he's been posting as of recently. You know, obviously what happened last year, him saying it was the last dance, last season, stuff like that. So I was thinking, hey, he's, no, he's not going to put a Packer jersey on. Uh, you know, it, he put one on for the last time in his life against, against the San Francisco 49ers. Not the case. He's coming back. What are your thoughts here? I've, I you know you were kind of thinking – or hoping maybe he'd come to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or or I, I was think, thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers made a lot of sense. Even Denver made a lot of sense, but he stays in Green Bay. Do you think he made the right decision here, or where or, you know where were you at on his uh, decision to stay with the Packers? Yeah, I think he for sure made the right decision. I think the Packers are the best case scenario for him. They have. Good weapons. He has Devontae Adams now, again, because they franchise tagged him. Right. The other receivers aren't bad. He has a good old line, good defense. Why would he not come back? It's going to be better than almost any team he's going to go to besides that. So I feel like it makes the most sense for him. Yeah, I didn't hate it. You know, uh, it's just a little annoying how you, yeah. you make this big situation, all this drama, just to say, nah, we're cool. I'm, I'm staying here for another however many years. You yeah. know, so like I thought it was weird that they announced the contract and then he was like, like, no, contract not finalized at all. Yeah. He's like, I have not signed that. Like, I have not fight exactly. So they're still working out the details and stuff like that. But it seems it's a, a foregone conclusion that he's going to be a Packer for the foreseeable future. Um, the first off, like I said, I'm just happy all the drama is over. It was kind of getting a little a little overplayed, you know, getting getting talked about way too much where he's going to go or why he might stay, yada, yada, yada. So I'm happy that that's all over now. But, Tanner, I still don't think the team he's on, okay, Green Bay, I don't think as constructed they can win a Super Bowl. I, 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 they're the same team in my eyes as they were last year, as they were the year before, as they were the year before, where we've seen them have great success in the regular season, have home field advantage in the playoffs, and they get sent home early. I, I, I don't see yeah, any gotta, huge you differences. You've got to continue to improve. They need to make the right moves for agency. They need to draft better, but this team's close. They're, they're close, and they're just as good as the Steelers. As and The NFC is going to be bad this year. That is my, my, my biggest point is he made the right decision in that sense because the route to the Super Bowl is much easier in the NFC, okay, in comparison to where he could be going in the, in the AFC, obviously, right? So that, that's a big point. You said the thing with Devontae Adams, you know, why leave one of the best receivers, one of the best weapons in all of football? Why leave a coach or, or, or an organization that you've been able to obtain the number one seed in your conference for multiple years now, you know, multiple consecutive seasons, obviously. So 
it makes sense in that case. I still don't think they're any closer of winning a Super Bowl, but you know what might help, and you know what I'm just thinking is going to happen because Dallas is probably going to let go of Amari Cooper. Know what would make a lot of sense to make your new your your quarterback uh, even happier? Pairing Devontae Adams with Amari Cooper in Green Bay, I think he'd be a happy camper. <laughs> like I, I think yeah. he, yeah, I'm sure he would like that. I'm thinking something like that could happen, and that's what needs to happen. If they went and got another stud weapon like that, whether it be uh, another running back or another receiver, I think receiver is where they really need it, though. So I, I would go get another receiver. If they, if they do something like that, it does help their chances. And as you said, the NFC is it, it's the smarter path. It's the easier path. Don't work harder. You know, work smarter ultimately, right? And that that seems like that's what he's doing because you, you got the Cowboys. I throwing, I'm throwing them in there, hopefully. <laughs> you got the Rams, the 49ers. Then after that, it's like you got the Vikings. Like who's who's the great team? Who, you know, who, who's the next big dog when you're talking about all, the, all these NFC teams? You got the Rams, the Niners. I throw the I throw Dallas in there because as of right now, they are still a talented roster. In the AFC, though, you got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Broncos just got better. The Ravens aren't going anywhere. It's a lot of tough outs, obviously, in, in the AFC in comparison to the NFC. So it makes sense to stay where you are. I'm just annoyed that it took all that time, all that drama, all that speculation just for him to not do anything, not even yeah. get a new weapon, nothing, you know, but two years in a row. Now he's done this where he's made a big deal about what he's going to do in the off season. And then he's just like, Oh, I'm just going to say it's annoying. Like it is very <laughs> annoying. And it, it gave us some stuff to talk about. So, okay. I, I, I was definitely grateful uh, on, on, on that side of things, but I'm glad the drama's all over. Uh, he's got an easier path for him to choke again in the playoffs. Maybe you can choke against an easier team in comparison to one of one of the top dogs in the AFC. And it does make sense though. You're comfortable where you are. It's a capable franchise. You have a, a very good offensive line. So you are protected. The defense was great this past season. So you don't have to score as many points as before. He's just a little too dependent on Devonte Adams, a little too dependent. You saw that against the San Fran, uh, San Fran, so one more receiver, an Amari Cooper. Again, that's a very high-level number two. Uh, but a move like that, I think, could put this team closer to contention. Then I will take them a little more seriously as a Super Bowl contending team. Until, until they make another move like that, though, these are the same Packers we saw last year, year the, the team we saw playing the year before as well. In really, in the year, exactly, three years back. Three, you have three years of evidence to see what this team really is. I'm not buying they changed until something else moves, until we see another change happen in that organization. But I'm glad for them because imagine how lost they would be losing Aaron Rodgers. We don't know if Jordan Love can play. And I'm guessing he can't. I'm kind of going on a limb here and saying if they had a guy who they knew was cheaper, ready to play, you know, win now scenario, I think that. That would be the guy that I think he would be starting at this point. I think that I don't think they would I be. I, I don't think they'd be making as big a fuss over losing a guy when you know you have one ready to go. So I do think that that is a factor. Obviously, we're picking Aaron Rodgers any day over Jordan Love, but it, it's a lot to put up with. No, it is a lot to put up with with, with this guy on your roster. Yeah, that's just, that's what I think of. 
the territory, but he is also is two-time two MVP or MVP, so. defending MVP. Exactly. So consecutive. So it makes sense. You got to get give in some areas to get, you know, those accolades in return. Uh, I, now I just wonder what's next for a guy in Jordan Love because he's not going to be sitting on a bench for another three or four years, right? You would think, hey, you've been in the league a couple of seasons already. You probably want to go out there, you know, get get some work going, get your boots a little dirty, if you will, right? And uh, he's not going to be able to do that in Green Bay. So maybe we see a trade coming for Jordan Love. Yeah, I think that could be possible. Maybe to like Pittsburgh or Washington, something team that really doesn't have much to lose and why not take a gamble on a guy that green Bay was high on whenever they first selected him at least. Right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the, what they do with Jordan love going forward. We'll see what the Seahawks can do trying to fill that Russell Wilson uh, void. They now have, let's move on though and talk about the franchise tag uh, deadline that came in past your guy, Chris Godwin, you brought it up earlier was franchise tagged. What were your thoughts on that move there? Uh, I mean, I was pretty upset. I really wanted Chris Godwin to get signed long-term to the Bucks because I think he's a great receiver. So, obviously, I want him on the team for years to come. As long as possible, yeah. And I was hoping we would use our franchise tag on Carlton Davis so we could keep both of them. But now that we had to franchise tag Chris Godwin instead of signing him, it's looking like we're going to lose him. And we lost out on the Wilson Rogers thing. So I feel like all the other free agents definitely more likely to leave. It was a tough day for Bucks fans. <laughs> yeah, I can see that again. Yeah, yeah. Not much you can do there. At least you do have Godwin coming back for at least one more season. That's a pro. Yeah, which, which, I'm, which I'm excited about. I, at I, at I least one him. more year. <laughs> yeah, I love Chris. <laughs> so, and he, he, he tore his ACL. Yeah, right. And they so, did say they are still working on a long-term deal with him. They just has it's just not done yet. We'll see. It, it it just really depends on what they do at that quarterback spot, you know. And and if Kyle Trask can play, if he can't play, do they, do they make a quick decision to move on and try and get better? It's it's a messy situation right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's it, it is really difficult when you don't have the most important spot locked up on your team. It causes causes a lot of uncertainty on your roster. Something Denver knows a lot about and that they ne- don't necessarily have to deal with anymore, right? So that, that's a pro for them. So Godwin was tagged. Oh, what Cam Robinson back to back years he was tagged now from the Jags, I believe, right? I think back to back seasons. Same thing with Chris Godwin. Same thing with Chris. That's 100% true. So both guys back-to-back tagged. Uh, Dalton Schultz for my Cowboys was tagged. I like it. I don't love it. People were acting like he was going to go get paid on the open market. And again, if you were going to overpay for Dalton Schultz, <laughs> I was going to let a lot of teams do that. Um, and I don't know who else they would have used the franchise tag on. Maybe you use it on Michael Gallup. But it seems like they're working on a long-term deal for him, too. Ultimately, though, I don't really care. If they move on from Amari Cooper, signing Dalton Schultz or franchising Dalton Schultz to say – none of it makes sense. None, nothing makes sense right now for Dallas. Why would you lose one of the best receivers? You know, I don't say – I think he's a top 12 receiver in football. You let him walk. Top 12 to 15 at the very least. Amari Cooper is a top 15. He's a top 15 receiver. Come on. He's a top 15. Either way, 
He's top 15. Either way, letting a guy like that walk for Michael Gallup, a guy who's been injury riddled for the last several seasons, and Cedric Wilson, who's a nice three or four, fourth receiver on the team, makes no sense. At least he didn't get some absurd large contract making him go out there and prove it this season that what he did last year wasn't a fluke and hopefully he can improve, but I just don't love using the, using, using the tag on a guy like Dalton Schultz, but again, hopefully he can improve, start actually blocking when they run the ball or run some wide receiver screens. That's really what we need him to do. Continue to get open, but how open will he, will he be? If Amari Cooper isn't out there playing alongside him, a lot of questions, didn't love the move, but at least they have another weapon for sure coming back. And I haven't seen the number they're paying him yet. I hope it's not some sort of absurd number or an insanely large the top five tight ends in the NFL. So it'll, it's a big number. And it's, it's, it's frustrating <laughs> spending that much money when like, I, 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 I want to say an unproven guy. He's had one good year and, and you don't want to spend a guy you know, on a veteran guy who's proved himself in Amari Cooper. That's my quick rant of the day. Orlando Brown tagged by the Chiefs. Jesse Bates, Cincinnati tagged him. David Joku for the Browns. This one was a little surprising because he hasn't done much in Cleveland. Yeah, he's been, I think, fairly disappointing from his potential in Cleveland. He could be a really good player. He's had some injury issues. So maybe they're trying to see if he can – put together a healthy year where yeah. he could be. But yeah, I thought that's a lot of money to pay David Njoku. For 450 yards, like, like he didn't do much at all last season. <laughs> okay, not, not that a lot of their weapons and not, not a lot of their I receivers did. He get traded last, uh, during the trade deadline. There was talk on that last year. Yeah, I definitely remember that. So they bring him back, have higher hopes for him. And then Mike Isecki as well for Miami. Another guy who was tagged. So that, that's pretty much everyone who was tagged. Our thoughts on it. I'm really just scrambling as far as Dallas goes. If they release Amari Cooper and don't get anything in return, for a guy you spent a first-round pick on two or three years ago. Oh, bro, you see all these Cowboy stuff? I don't know. We might have to redecorate. <laughs> we might have to redecorate in this room if something like that happens. But another thing you want you wanted to touch on before we take a break, Tanner, the Combine came and went are there any players that stood out to you guys you think could go a little sooner than expected what are your takeaways from the combine yeah uh it was a really good combine uh the 40 yard dash they all said it was a fast <laughs> track they put in a new turf so guys were flying out there i just want to talk mostly about one person uh jordan davis from georgia uh 341 pounds and ran a 478.40. That's, that's scary. Faster than like most tight ends. That's faster than that's just as fast as some running backs. He's 341 pounds. He doesn't look like it though. But if you put the uh you just hand that hand the ball off to him every time, who's gonna stop him? He's running that fast, he's that big. I don't understand. Yeah, dude. That he's like the most athletic guy I've ever seen. Pound for pound. And I saw the the four, the record for the dash was broken. Uh, uh no, it was no unofficial time it got broken, but it didn't oh, have to get broken. The unofficial time was a corner from Baylor. I think his last name was Bolden. And he ran a four two three, which is the second fastest time ever. 
Wow. Still, those receivers, yeah. a lot of those receivers were flying. It yeah. seemed like, like everybody was like, oh, this guy ran a 4-4. Four, four. There were a lot of quick guys out there. So mm-hmm. that was one of my biggest takeaways, a fast receiver class. Hopefully my Cowboys can snag one of them. Okay, if Amari Cooper is able, you know, does depart, I'll go grab a, a new, fresh set of young legs. I'm excited, though. You know, draft is how far away? Do you know? I'm not 100% certain how far the draft is. Like a month, it'll, maybe? It'll be at the end of April or the first week of May. So about a month and a half away. Getting there. Really time to start thinking about what teams are going to be doing and what direction they want to take. What were these where these quarterbacks are gonna go? That's kind of the biggest question mark in this draft. Is like NFL free agency starts next week. Next week. Next week. Hey, that all right. There aren't you know too many huge names out there, but there are some solid players on the there open market. Maybe it's the it's the quarterback class that is maybe yeah. a little slim, obviously. But yeah, there, there should be a lot of players or Willing to go uh, to to a new team, a new franchise, trying to get that that dollar amount they've always wanted, obviously. So a lot to look forward to as far as the free agency goes. The draft about a month and a half away. The combine combine went well. Our 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 quarterback carousel is almost not completed, but I feel like the last several weeks we've seen like multiple things almost get checked off. Denver is all good. Obviously, Green Bay doesn't need anything anymore. Uh, something else I swear happened. Seattle got opened up. If yeah, like. so Seattle got opened up. Uh, I, I I could be blanking on something else right now. Obviously, we're still waiting for what Indiana Indianapolis is going to do with Carson Wentz. We're still waiting to see what San Fran is going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Trey Lance is right there behind him, but wait, waiting to see where he ends up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are still waiting. But my guess is that now that Aaron has made his decision, now that Russell is no longer an option, we'll be seeing uh, or, or learning about, you know, some teams and what their intentions and what their intentions are at that spot sooner rather than later. Everyone kind of waiting on those two big names out there. They're both off the table. So we'll probably be seeing things sooner rather than later. But some stuff moving on the quarterback carousel and uh, some more teams to, to discuss and some teams crossing their name off of the list but tanner if it's cool with you i say we take a break come back because as you said earlier the the nba season is still going on okay there yeah there there is stuff to talk about we got to tell your warriors that the season's going on yeah you're telling me it it has been a struggle to watch them as of recently Uh, let's take a break come back and discuss whether or not we're we're worried about my warriors okay so that's tanner file i'm casey foreman keep it locked on we'll be right back all right and welcome back as we said in the first half of the show let's transition and talk all things nba to wrap stuff up sadly not not in the you know the the light the light that I was hoping for, not in the positive light, uh, but my Golden State Warriors in the media a lot as of recently. They obviously started the season on fire, right, Tanner? They, they were 18, 18 and 2 in their first 20 games played, got off to a very quick and hot start. But as the season goes along, I feel like the Warriors have continued to regress a little bit here and there issues. But and overall now, it seems like they are at an all-time low. 
uh, in the middle of their worst stretch of the season. They are two and eight in their last 10 games. Has this changed any opinion? Obviously, I know a little bit more than most people do regarding this Warrior team since I watch every single team. But as a guy who just watches, you know, from the outside, this Warriors team, this Warriors organization, as, as, as an NBA fan, even a fan of another team, has this changed your thought process or your confidence in this team being a title contender? No, not really. I still think this team can win the title. I still think they're probably my favorite to come out of the Western Conference. Ooh. So, chill, chill. Let's chill. I, I <laughs> Maybe I'm trying to jinx them. Yeah, it's a, we're doing reverse jinxes now. That's a little complex. Okay, it's a little complex. But, but yeah, I think – I still think this team's good. There's reasons why they're two and 10 over their last few games. They just hit a rough patch. They don't have some of their best players. Clay Thompson is adjusting to coming back. This team hasn't played with them in two years. They're going to have some growing pains. There's guys out there that he's never played with. So it's a lot of them. Yeah. Team. Yeah, since Clay came back and Draymond, Draymond, Steph, and Clay haven't played in a single game together. They played five seconds, but Draymond simply played in the game just so he could be in the starting lineup for Clay's first game back. Didn't actually play in that game. So they haven't had a real, you know, 48 minutes of regulation to get to know each other, to get back to their roots, obviously. So Draymond, as far as what their issues are right now for the Warriors, Draymond has missed 31 games. You know, the best defensive player on the roster before he got hurt. He had the best defensive rating in the entire league, right around 100. Then the next best is around 103, 105. Uh, and I know Giannis is up there as well, but Draymond was leading the league in defensive rating. And with him on the court, they were 28 and six. Without him, 15 and 16 right around 500, right below 500, and they were one of the best teams in basketball with him on the floor. So that's one of the biggest factors, missing what some people call the heart and soul of the Warriors and Draymond Green. If anything, he is the motor that gets them going. Andrew Wiggins as well. I know I've been campaigning for two-way wig and all-star wig, all this, all this, but I got to come around and, and, and talk about what's going on now since February 1st. The start of February, he has not been himself. I know for the first three quarters of the season, the first half of the season through January, there's a reason he was voted to the All-Star team. He was averaging 18 points per game and was one of the best uh, two-way players in all of basketball and was also shooting a career-high uh, percentage from the three-point land. But since February 1st, just under 14 points a game for Wiggins, his field goal percentage and his three-point percentage all down uh, since then as well. So Wiggins hasn't been the all-star he was earlier in the season. And their defense, I know it has to do with Draymond Green missing uh, you know, 31 games about he's missed up until this point. But their defense continues to be inconsistent and even lazy. They've been lazy at times, it seems like, right? In their first 40 games this year, a big sample size, the first 40 games, led the league in defensive rating 103.1 by far the best defensive team in the league now through their last 20 games played they're 19th they're bo nearly bottom 10 at 114 going from 103 to 114 it hasn't been great man you know there there are reasons you know they 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 have not been playing well as of recently but i don't think i think they're going to figure it out 
I should say. I, I, I don't think this is their team. You know, I, I think what we saw earlier in the year is closer to what they can be. Yeah, and I think they know that they can win the titles. So I think they're going to take all precautions to make sure those guys are all there in the playoffs to play. So yeah, yeah. You want to play guys that might have to step up in the playoffs. So you're not necessarily playing right now. The guys are going to be playing in the playoffs. It's not going to be the same rotation when you get to the playoffs. Oh, we've had plenty of rotations. That's that's another issue. We've had so many different rotations with you know, different combinations. Even Steph came out and said it's one of the reasons he hasn't been able to get into a groove. One of the reasons the team has been so bad defensively is there's so many different players playing at different points in time that they're not used to with the group that they might not be used to playing with. So they're not necessarily in sync. You know, they don't necessarily know what that other person is thinking, kind of like what they were doing earlier in the year when the rotations were more solidified. We knew he was going to be playing and when in comparison to now, a lot of injuries, sickness, uh, you know, the rookies and Moody and Kaminga are getting a, a bit of a larger role, pushing back players like uh, Damian Lee not playing as much. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., also a little bit of, little bit of inconsistency from him. Uh, uh, Bielitsa has not he's, – he's regressed a lot since the start of the season, but also not playing as much because of Kaminga playing more in that four stretch five spot. So that's another thing, uh, but it could be a pro – when, when you end up getting to the playoffs, because these guys who are playing more now uh, maybe fit a little bit better, you know, come playoff time, right? So there could be a little bit of silver linings here, but I'm not overly concerned. I'm definitely a little worried because you shouldn't be regressing or at your worst point this far into the season. I think this is this should be when you're starting to hit your stride, you know, if you really want to make some do some damage. So as far as the timing goes, it's it's terrible timing. This is 20 games left, le- less than 20 games. Ugh. Yeah, the problem is there's a chance they could get this six seed and play a really tough team in the first round. There's a chance. Yeah. You really need that two seed. I think it's going to be a big difference in the, the quality of team you're playing. Yeah, I agree, right? Because if you're the two seed, you're playing one of those playing tournament teams still. So maybe you play L.A. or maybe you get the Portland Trailblazers or maybe you get the the, the Timberwolves, which is a good, nice, up-and-coming team, which I predicted to make the playoffs. It's just a quick little brag there. But you want to play a team like that in comparison to the Denver Nuggets down there at number six, who could be getting two of their you know, most important players back before the playoffs start. That is That is exactly where you don't want to be. And they are now, if they if they lose tonight, they were winning in grand fashion. Last time I checked their game against the Clippers, uh, they'd be a half a game back. It'd be a half a game back because the Grizzlies just won tonight as well. If they lose tonight, they're a game and a half. So that is going to do nothing but build. They have got to keep up with Memphis because that, that that ultimately is going to you know determine how much success they have, where they where they land in the first round, who's that first round matchup. But it's not all, you know, bad things. I do think that there are things you can look to and be like, hey, this is a sign they're going to start turning some things around. If they can win tonight against the Clippers, a team they lost to just a week ago or so, that's a nice sign moving forward in, in the right direction. Uh, another, another thing, Draymond Green missed 31 games or 15 and 16 without him. He is set to return in seven to 10 days. So ab- about a week or so, 
Draymond Green, the motor of the Warriors defense, the anchor of that defense, will be back. James Wiseman, the the over seven footer, you know, super athletic can stretch the floor. Not sure how high your expectations should be, but he's playing in the G League on Thursday and Sunday. That's his first action since April of last year. So that's a great sign, hopefully coming back to the court within the next few weeks as well. Jordan Poole, one of the youngest players, I think he's 22 in his third season with the Warriors, has been a little inconsistent since moving his, you know, changing his role from a starter to being the sixth man with Clay coming back. But he's getting even more comfortable in that role of sixth man. He's been one of the more, you know, one of the better players offensively for the Warriors here recently in this 10 game, you know, stretch that they've had, this bad stretch that they've had. And for Steph, the reason, you know, a lot of people know this as far as if you watch the Warriors a lot or, you know, keep up with him and stuff, his rotation, his pattern of playing has been completely off. His minutes have been almost randomized. It feels like Steve Kerr doesn't have, you know, a, a system set into place in comparison to what we saw last season when he, you know, led the league in scoring. It was, and, and you either know this, you're either going to know exactly what I'm talking about, or it's going to be complete, you know, jumble and nothing at all for you, but 12, 6, 12, Six. That's the rotation he was playing last season. 12 in the first quarter, six in the second quarter, 12 in the third quarter, six in the fourth quarter. Now, I think it should be more than six in the fourth quarter. So there is one thing to nitpick about this, but at least he's had nothing uh, but success playing in this type of rotation, these type of minutes. So I'm hoping since he's getting back to it, he can kind of get back to himself, the stuff we saw earlier in this season, even though that midseason shooting slump that he was going through is over. He's been a lot better, a lot more consistent as of recently. But playing like this hopefully gets him even more comfortable instead of those randomized substitutions and randomized minutes. And like I said, lastly, Kaminga and Moody have both been bigger roles as of, had bigger roles as of recently. And they have proven that they both do fit in the Warriors system. So there are a, a lot of pros, a lot of good things to take away from what we've seen here recently, but overall clay Thompson needs to stop pressing. He's got to play his game, you know, less on ball, more running off screens you know, running the opposite direction of Steph. Cause usually two guys are coming to him, simply flare out, get to the three point line, catch and shoot, uh, you know, play some, some you know some defense with some nice effort behind it. That's what you need from Clay Thompson. He's doing a little bit too much right now, and they need Wiggins to stop settling for jump shots. Get back to what he was doing earlier in the year. If they can do those things and Draymond comes back healthy, I I definitely believe this team can win at a high level in in the Western Conference, 100. So concerned, yes. Do I? Th- Title chances, I think those have been affected maybe a little bit, but I I, I still believe they uh, can can get it done at the highest level. So we'll see. They got to put some work in. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's not great to be regressing at this point in the season, but if anyone can turn it around, this is a group of veterans. They've been together for a long time. Coach, you know, Steve Kerr has been the coach there for a while. If anyone can turn this thing around, I do think it's this group led by Steph Curry. So. The West is so tough, though. Like, yeah. the West yeah, like, is so tough. The West is so tough. If you get the – like I said, if you get the three seed, like you're playing a team that could win it in the first round. Yeah, so. and like I said, they're going to get nothing but better. Uh, Dallas has been super good as of recently as well. Their defense, they've been a top-five defense. And Luka, since the departure of Kristaps Porzingis, has been almost on another level. And Dinwiddie – I talked some crap on Dinwiddie, I think, last time around. 
he's playing well. Okay, he's playing a lot better in Dallas than he was uh, so far this season with the Wizards or earlier in the season with the Wizards. So we'll see. Neither one of those teams are teams I want to match up with in the first round. So you got to catch Memphis. You got to get that number two. See, there's no way they catch Phoenix at this point in time. It's too big of a lead. And they two and eight in their last 10 games. That's not going to get it done. But they got to get back defensively. Hopefully Draymond coming back helps that. Uh, getting James Wiseman, a, a seven-footer, finally getting get, giving them some size down low. A guy over six foot eight, six foot nine, finally on the court for the Warriors. We'll see. Uh, I think they can still get it done, though, Tanner. This team can win it, win the finals, win the West, yeah. in my yeah, in I my agree. point of view. So we'll see. They haven't been too disappointing. They've been, you know, one of the shocks, I would say. People thought we were going to be good. The Warriors were going to be good. Didn't think it was they were going to be this good this soon, obviously, right? So on the different end of the spectrum, disappointment. Okay, disappointment, obviously. We have... We, we had some pretty large expectations for two teams in particular to start the season. That was the Brooklyn Nets, who were headlined by Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and company. They, they built a, a decently deep roster, we thought, at the beginning of the season. Same thing with the Lakers. We thought they built a, a, a deep roster filled with veterans. They traded for Russell Westbrook. Anthony Davis wasn't healthy the year prior. Neither was LeBron, so them coming back. We saw what they did last time. They were 100% healthy winning a championship. So there were championship aspirations for that team as well. And they were the two teams who were favorited to get to, if not win the NBA finals. But Tanner now through 65 games played, both teams have losing records and both will, will more than likely, most likely be in the play in tournament, if not below you know, down there in, in the 11th spot, right? That's kind of best case scenario for them is the play-in tournaments. Let me ask you, which team this year has been more disappointing, the Nets or the Lakers? Yeah, they've both been so disappointing and for kind of different reasons. So it is pretty hard to decide. So I'm going to say the Lakers mostly because I picked them to win the championship. And I feel like yeah. they're – the lower side, a little higher expectations for them than the Nets. So I think they got to be the biggest disappointment for me. You never really bought into Brooklyn, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like I always said. I was You're gonna right. Believe, I was going to believe it when I saw it. You never saw, never saw it. It. <laughs> it never came, obviously, right? So you're right. I'm going with, I'm going with L.A. as well. I'm going with the Lakers. I did. I, I thought the Nets were going to win the championship this season, so I am super disappointed with them. But LA, they're twenty-eight and thirty-six. Okay, that, I believe that's tenth in the Western Conference, if not right. They're at number nine. There's they're twenty-fourth in offense, seventeenth defensively, so nowhere near the top ten in either major uh, category there. Yet they have four. You could argue they should have five. They have four top 75 players of all time on their roster. According to that top 75 list, ESPN and the NBA release, they have four players that are on that list. I, I think Dwight Howard should have been on there. So you could even say five top 75 players overall. And 28 and 36 through 65 games, 64 games is the best that you can do. It, yeah, it's, it's super disappointing. Extremely. And the problem as a LeBron stan I keep seeing stan 
he's going off. He's doing his part. It's the team around him is playing terrible. He's got nothing, man. It's It's been what it has been for the majority of his career. It's LeBron out there just carrying, you know, the other four guys out there playing alongside him, carrying the roster. And it's disappointing to see his, you know, such excellent play isn't necessarily translating to victories, to success in the win-loss column, even though he had a huge performance and a huge win over my Warriors over the weekend. He played great. The Lakers, not so much, but he he was untouchable. LeBron dropping 56 points, I believe, was his end total in that game. But Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. He's played 37 games so far this year. LeBron can't do it alone. Obviously, when he's out there this season, he's he's played a great deal amount of games. He's 22, and he's played 46 games this season. He's 22 and 24 in games he's played in. So despite him playing well, they still have a losing record with LeBron out there on the floor. So it's not translating to victories. Westbrook, people want to say it's all on Russell Westbrook and he's the scapegoat here, but it's not. Okay, he this season has been the exact same player he's been the last several years. Okay, he's been a little worse. He's been a little more inefficient, I would say, because I think this the, the you know the the stakes are even higher. The, the the limelight is all on him. But again, he's not an outside shooter. He's he's not a great jump shooter whatsoever. He's doing he, he is shooting honestly more than a lot of people want him to, more than he should be, more than you can even say that he has in prior years, right? But this is mainly this is pretty much what what Russell Westbrook is and has been. Like he's gonna go out there and get you maybe around 20 points, 18 points a night, uh, and not, not a super effective percentage, maybe you know under 50% for sure that that line is going to look like, maybe under 30%, 25 is, is a good number for Westbrook from the three-point line. Not a great, uh, uh, not a great defender, doesn't really put the, the, the effort in, on the defensive end of the ball. He just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit along LeBron James, along Russell Westbrook with this roster. He doesn't fit. So for, for people to say it's all on him, I think that's a scapegoat 100%. There's no way all this season is on Russell Westbrook's shoulders. It's on whoever put this team together and who's honestly putting out these rotations, these lineups. I haven't loved a lot of what they've thrown out there this season. I'm like, okay, why is he playing major minutes and this guy isn't? I know Kendrick Kendrick Nunn hasn't played pretty much all season due to injury. That is a pretty big blow. A nice young player who can shoot the three, defend. You know what he did, you know, with Miami. So that's been a blow. But again, this season's also not a failure because he didn't have Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> you know, he, he wouldn't have made that big of a difference by any means, right? So not enough shooting. They're an old, unhealthy team. Four top 75 players of all time on the roster, if not five, and you have a losing record through 65 games. You might miss the play-in tournament, you know, altogether. You might, you're probably, I don't say probably miss the playoffs, but you have a one or two game scenario to make the playoffs in the play-in tournament. It's the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James. They're the most disappointing team in the league yeah, so they, far. They have to be. They're the most famous team with the most famous player with the most expectations. And they stink. Yeah, and they beat my team the other day. Imagine that. Imagine how bad that feels. Like that's even worse. Like they beat us. They, you know, you know, it's not great when LA's beating up on you. But they 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 take the edge, the slight edge over Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn also does have a better record than LA. They they're 32 and 33. So about four or five games of, of a better record than the Lakers do. Um, Kevin Durant also only playing 38 games this year. Kyrie's only played 16 games with with the whole vaccination mandate and not being able to go to Canada, stuff like that. Right. So only 16 games for Kyrie Harden checked out, got traded. Simmons hasn't played a single game this season. They definitely also, I think, I think you'll agree. They have no doubt a higher upside, even this season than this Laker team does. Yeah, for sure. If Ben Simmons comes back and Kevin Durant, comes back to playing he, he's played two games yeah, and he's looked yeah. pretty good okay yeah I mean, gotta get his legs underneath stay, him yeah as long as he can stay out there and Kyrie Irving gets to play this team can still do it and I don't believe this Lakers team can no matter what yeah I don't think there's a route even if Anthony Davis comes back healthy and doesn't get hurt you know uh, uh, once more for the rest of the season Westbrook starts to figure things out I think those are all very unlikely, and uh, the ceiling is definitely higher for this Brooklyn Nets team. And now they have the deeper roster after the trade. Getting Ben Simmons, they got Seth Curry, um, Andre Drummond, a big they desperately needed, uh, some some size, obviously, and then a th- a, one of the best three-point shooters in the league in Seth Curry. And they also signed Goran Dragic, who was a free agent. This team got deeper 100% here recently, and you can't say the same about the Lakers who you know stood pat. They didn't do a single thing at the NBA's trading deadline. So it's tough. But yeah, we, uh, we agree, though. We will both give the slight edge to the Los Angeles Lakers. They've been the most disappointing team in basketball, but it's safe to say neither one of these teams or rosters you know, ha- has met the expectation we had preseason. Yeah, they're definitely the two most disappointing teams. I don't. Yeah, and then obviously on the other end of it, you got uh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies shocking everybody, the Cleveland Cavaliers shocking everybody. No one saw the Chicago, which people saw. I thought they'd be like a six six seed perhaps, and they still could end up dropping a number six. Uh, but at some point in time, they held the best record in the Eastern Conference, right? They're still right up there with those top teams. They have dropped a bit. Um, here recently, but they're still right up there with those top dogs in the Eastern Conference, right? So there's been a lot of, I think there's been more surprises that are good in comparison to disappointing uh, performances that we've seen, right? But yeah, these two take the cake. It's not even close. The Nets and the Lakers are the two most disappointing teams in the NBA this season. But again, who knows what a turnaround would it be if Kevin Durant, obviously he's healthy, really starts hitting his stride. Who knows what the vaccination mandate will be if Kyrie can start to play home games, if Ben Simmons clicks right away with this deep roster. This team could could play with anybody. What uh Ben Simmons is supposed to be back. I know he's gonna be missed the game against Philly on March 10th or March 11th. So I'm I'm thinking mid middle to late March is the uh, Ben Simmons expectation. Apparently he has some sort of back thing that he's working through, not a hundred percent. So who knows? <laughs> okay. It's kind of, it, it's really hard uh, to, to determine why he's not out there still or what's wrong with him, but that's not my job. Uh, he, he should be out there within the next couple of weeks. Kevin Durant's already back. Depends on seeding for this team, who they have to play in round one, if they can get healthy, but even then, I'm not ruling this team out to win the Eastern Conference if they can get all their guys out there. Yeah, what a what a turnaround! <laughs> what a turnaround that would be. I think they have an eight game, they have an eight game losing streak this season, 
they'd be the only eight game or team to, to lose eight straight games and then to win an NBA finals or win the Eastern conference. If they were able to do that, they'd be the first team in NBA history to have such a bad stretch and then turn it around at, at the highest level. Right. So that would be interesting. It would be a historic turnaround. Just don't know if they have it in them, but again, I give them the edge as far as, you know, upside ceiling over this LA team, which it's like, okay, you have LeBron James playing, you know, some of the best basketball we've seen in a long time from him and then nothing else. And then you got a loaded roster, you know, you got all, all your cap dollars are spent with not much to talk about besides that one guy in LeBron, probably going to be seeing a lot of trades this off season for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they'll even be exploring trades for guy for a guy like Anthony Davis. I don't know how you take him, you know, or, or say he's an untouchable player when he's missed so much time. And if you could get a more durable player, LeBron's proven. Or what you can't, if LeBron? What'd you say? Say that again. What if LeBron moves? He just extended his contract, so he's going to have to request a trade. He's going to have to request a trade. Oh, he could get out of it 100%. There's talk about him going back to Cleveland or something. No, two guys who deserve each other right now, LeBron James, Steph Curry. <laughs> no. Imagine that duo. You would love it. You would love me. You know, you, you'd be buying the, the uh, LeBron Warrior yeah. jersey, all that. Yeah, you, you'd be number one fan. Me and Tanner going to Warrior games. That'd be that's exactly what that would be going. But that's about it for this week's episode. I want to urge you all to go follow us on social media on Twitter. We're dudes talking underscore pod on Instagram. Dudes underscore talking underscore pod. Uh, last week was our 100th episode. Thank you all to everyone who tuned in and who was tuning in again this week. Again, thank you all for your continued support. Here's to another hundred uh, now cracking the triple digits, obviously. So that's a big deal uh, on whatever platform you're listening on. Leave us a comment review. Anything would be helpful. Uh, but Tanner, that's it for this week's episode, my man. All right. See you. All right, guys. Keep it locked on. We'll see you next week. All right. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. Your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner Filed.
So it's not like he's getting hurt and then he's going and coming back and playing the playoffs, or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's never been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. Go cars for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can be out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.